Welcome back to the lineup. Unless it's your first time, then welcome to the lineup. I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know how to do an introduction, but welcome to the lineup. We're going to learn. We're going to share. We are going to have a lot of fun. (laughs) And it starts right now. Let's do it. First of all, thank you so much for meeting with me. I think what you do is awesome. And I actually saw it through Cookie Car's Instagram. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that was really cool. And just everything you do with mindfulness, I'm super big on practicing mindfulness. Um, and I work closely with Mark Campbell of the Washington Nationals. He's the mindfulness performance coach there. Um, yeah. So I'm just super excited to talk to you and learn from the best and just hear a little bit more about that. Yeah, super excited. Um, so let me get into like your I'm gonna have to like be weird and go into your your background just a little history for everyone listening because your resume is really awesome and I think that again everything you're doing is just so incredible um so you played soccer at UVA so for all my soccer players we don't just do lacrosse so this is exciting to get a different viewpoint and then you're the CEO and the founder of parent wellness performance so that is really interesting and I think a lot of people don't not until recently know too much about wellness, um, mindfulness and practicing wellness like in the sports world. So I'm excited for people who don't know exactly what practicing mindfulness is. What is that? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I would agree. It's, um, you know, I think it's, um, we're, it's gaining more traction. Um, I think it's still very much a buzzword. Um, and I think there are still a lot of misconceptions about what this actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, so mindfulness, simply put, the, the definition of it um, is it's paying attention, um, but it's in a very particular way. So mm-hmm. it's on purpose, um, it's in the present moment, and it's without judgment. And the reason that this is really so profound um, is because we as humans are really not good at it. Um, you know, we, one, don't really like to be with ourselves. Um, there's been tons of studies done about people, you know, being alone and with their own thoughts. And that's really hard. People will choose, actively choose to, there was a study done where people actually chose to inflict pain on themselves so that they didn't have to sit with their own thoughts. Um, And so we go to the nth degree to not be alone with our own heads. So it's really this idea of looking inward um, in the here and now, which we're also really bad at. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, most of our our living waking lives, um, you know, our brain spends elsewhere, right? It's yeah. very hard to be where the physical body is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last piece is no judgment, which I think is what is often kind of left off of kind of what most people tend to think of mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really is this quality of understanding how to be friendlier and kinder yeah. to ourselves and look at our experience and our lives in just more of an objective way. Yeah. Um, not good, not bad, not right, not wrong. You know, everything we do in life has a charge to it, right? right. Whether it's positive, negative. Um, and so mindfulness is really asking of us to take the charge charge out. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's also really hard. So, you know, it's this really profound concept. It's a way of being, right? We can be mindful. um, We can train our ability to to be more mindful. Mm -hmm. um, And it's something that we can actively practice. And there's lots of ways to do that. Something that you said I really liked was just being, you said like being where your feet are. And I think that's super important. It's something that I've learned 
to practice a lot in the last year, um, just especially with COVID and everything else that's going on, just being present, being in the moment, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. So just enjoying that moment and just being in that moment and knowing yourself enough to know when sometimes you need to remove yourself from a moment, if that yeah. makes sense. Like when your body's not completely there, is that, um, is that one way to practice mindfulness? Just kind of removing yourself from situations? Yeah, I think it's more so, um, I think it's more so the quality of simply tuning in, um, okay. and dropping into, okay, noticing that we don't feel there. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think for athletes, um, you know, I think being present, um, and I hear this from coaches a lot, um, you know, a lot of my work is um, just simply observing, observing training, observing athletes, observing coaches, um, team cultures, uh, the language that is used. And I hear this a lot, um, just, you know, just be present, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, be, be where you are. And I, I think I want to preface like what does that mean right I mean a lot of people really struggle with what does that mean Mm -hmm. um and presence is something that we have to um work ourselves into it's a process and so part of that process is um understanding what it feels like to be present physically um emotionally mentally um and what it doesn't feel like um Mm -hmm. and engaging in this kind of experience of constantly noticing if you are or if you're not Mm -hmm. um and so that in itself is really challenging but yeah i mean i think what you're alluding to with like noticing when when you're not present um and kind of tuned out um is a form of being mindful if that makes sense yeah and sometimes having that ability is like you were saying in the very beginning it's scary for a lot of people and scary for me and some days it's terrible because you are with your thoughts and you are aware of what's happening and that I think for a lot of people kind of like steers them away from practicing and other days it's you know it's a little bit easier to sit there with your thoughts I do it in the morning and I just kind of like meditate and just breathe and it sets the tone for the rest of the day and I love it but it's not like every day is oh I can just sit and I can breathe some days I can sit and I can breathe for five minutes and be good And other days, it's like, I can't get my mind to stop for four seconds to actually have like a real thought. Yeah. Yeah. So I just I think it's really great. And I think that it is definitely intimidating sometimes. But like anything with practice, it gets easier, but not every day is easy, if that makes sense. Totally. A hundred percent. And I think what you're, you know, what I I think there's so many comparisons of this type of work, mindfulness, meditation, breath work, even yoga, um, that really run parallel to what we do in sport. Right. Mm -hmm. Let's take lacrosse. Right. Like you did not pick up a lacrosse stick and all of a sudden land at Maryland. Right. The best, arguably the best division one women's lacrosse program in the nation. Right. Like think about how many hours and, practices and drills that you've gone through over the years and throughout your life to get to where you are. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, my encouragement with a lot of this stuff, and I I work with people that have been doing this for a while and people who are brand new, um, and it's the exact same, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, this is like picking up um, a new sport. Mm -hmm. um, And you just have to take it one step at a time. You've got to take it small. And I think the, um, the other kind of issue that we tend to run into a lot is, um, you know, athletes in particular have this kind of like mindset of like wanting to grow and get better and like get to a place, a destination, right? And 
there isn't really one when right. it comes to mindfulness and meditation and the breath, right? Yeah. Um, there, there isn't a, you, you can't be good and you can't be bad. Right. Um, there are days where, um, you know, your meditation is good and mm-hmm. there are days where your meditation is bad, right? Yeah. And it's, it's this ability to like even drop that, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I've been at these practices and, you know, I meditate both morning and night and, and I still struggle with it to say, mm-hmm. oh, I finish a 15 minute meditation. I'm like, that was not good. My mind is all over the place, but that's the point, right? Mm-hmm. The, the point and the objective is to simply do it mm-hmm. um, and, and to just notice what is mm-hmm. and not necessarily try to change or be different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for an athlete, and this is why I created my company, and this is why I do what I do, I think there's so little space for athletes to just be. Um, yeah. Be how they are, right? Mm-hmm. Be sad, be angry, be irritated, be frustrated, be joyful, right? Yes. Um, I think there's so little space um, in especially the kind of more elite college and professional athlete world. And that's that's what I do. I mean, I create that time and that space for athletes, and I think it's profound, um, yeah. even if it's just minutes at a time. Definitely. I really, really agree with that. That's how I got into the profession of sports psychology, because I absolutely agree with what you just said about the feelings. It's like, and especially at the next level, and I'm sure at the professional level, it's probably pretty similar. It's almost like you're in a box, and like these are the feelings you can have if you win. Here's the feelings you can have if you lose. And that's that. And then it's hard to get out of that box and break that stigma of having feelings that aren't so happy or aren't so like a loss, you know? Um, So I really, really agree with that. And again, that's kind of how I figured out that this is something that needs to change. And I think people like you are doing a great job at starting that. Yeah. Obviously working with mindfulness and practicing mindfulness um, helps reduce sports performance anxiety. What ways have you seen that work firsthand? You know, I, I think it's it's interesting because, uh, you know, I don't, I, I am not a sports psychologist, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, ironically, my father has a PhD in sports psychology, um, but I didn't study it. It's not my trade. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't really try to be a sports psychologist yeah. um, because I'm not. And yeah. I think what I do and what the practices of mindfulness, meditation, breathwork, yoga do is they, you know, I, these are practices for the human. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, first you are a human being. Um, and second, maybe even third, fourth, you're an athlete, right? Yeah. Um, we are humans who are athletes. Um, and so we're developing the human, um, you know, we're developing skills and qualities that not, you know, sure, they 100% impact performance, but they impact your life in, yeah. in ways that, um, you know, are so profound. I think, um, you know, most of, I mean, I can talk about my, my own personal experience, but I think most of the athletes I work with will say that the, the biggest thing is probably um, this idea, and I, I use a quote often, um, we don't really know who said it, but, um, you know, it, it's talks about this idea that basically our lives are a series of stimuli and response, right? Yeah. Stimuli meaning stimulus, uh, things that happen, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, things in sports, things that, you know, you're, you got in a fight with your mom, uh, you know, the grocery store didn't have what you needed. Um, 
you didn't have a good practice, right? Things that happen over and over and over, right? Mm -hmm. And we as humans have to respond, right? That's how we carry out life. Yeah. Um, and what happens most of the time is we we react instead of responding, right? We're, yeah. we're reacting to the things that happen in our lives. And that can even be the, the own dialogue that we're having in our head. And so I would say the most profound way that I think mindfulness and, and these practices um, change people's lives is um, by giving them some power back and, and this ability to respond and not react. You know, what mindfulness does is really um, puts a pause in, in our lives, and whether that be day-to-day -day or sports, um, and it allows us to kind of put space between the the shit, quite frankly, that happens in our lives and how we're going to handle it, what yeah. we're going to say to ourselves about it, how we're going to react, how we're going to respond. And it's just this, this, I mean, microsecond of a, of a space and a pause for us to be able to have some agency over what we're going to do. Uh -huh. And that is profound. Yeah. Um, you know, so much of our lives we're on autopilot. Um, you know, we're, you know, we realize that we're having an emotional reaction or response to something and we don't even know where it came from, right? Yeah. And so I would say, you know, more than anything, it's the, and this is why I do what I do, it's it's the changes that you see across your entire life, not just in your sport. Um, yeah. Because the reality is, is that sport for, you know, many of us is a I mean, microscopic part of our lives, right? Yeah. I mean, think of the think of every twenty four hours that you're living. Your sport is like a couple hours of that, right? Yeah. Um, and although it's a really big part of our, our lives and what we do and our identities, it's actually very little. Um, and so, you know, I, I believe in the work I do because I believe it changes people on a larger scale. We're stepping out of sport. We're stepping into how we function every second of every day wow, and if yeah. you're making positive change there um in terms of how you think and emotionally navigate your life that's massive absolutely massive yeah wow that's incredible and i love that you talked about yeah it is it is outside of athletes i love that you harped on that because this podcast of course it is for athletes but it's for so much more than that it's for everyone and I think mindfulness, like you were saying, I agree with that 100%. It's almost the root of your whole day. Like, the, even the grocery store example, like, sometimes, yeah, you lose your shit here and there, but the fact that you're able to, like, bring it back in, like, you're aware with those feelings, um, and like you said, you're able to be proactive, you can control them, that is something, it's almost like trusting your training, kind of, um, for sports reference, to take it back to sports, but it is just like trusting your training and knowing that you're not going to be 100% every day, like you said, you're getting arguments, you get in fights, but just trusting your training and knowing that what you have done, the work you've put in, it's going to work for you. And just kind of knowing what your body needs in that time is super important, no matter if it's sports or, like you said, 98% of our day is not sports. Yeah. All those other just human moments. That's really awesome. Yeah. I read this book. It's actually on mindfulness. It's called Heads Up Baseball. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, it's for baseball players, but I'm not a baseball player by any means. Um, but it's just it's talking about mindfulness um, and just how it can affect our game. But I think I just like to think of it on a day-to-day -day lifestyle kind of like you were talking about um and in it it said something like you wouldn't feed your mind with like twinkies before you stepped up to bat or i guess stepped up on the line or you know went for a walk like you wouldn't feed your mind dirt like horrible thoughts 
you wouldn't feed your body Twinkies. Like, same thing goes. And I think that was, like, a really cool comparison. Like, yeah, why would I feed my body six Twinkies before a game? Same way, why would I feed myself these negative thoughts day in and day out? Um, I thought that was a really cool comparison. It is. I think it's um, I think it's really interesting. I have a little bit of a different, um, a different view and take on self-talk. Mm-hmm. Um, because I also think that there is so much science out there that shows um one yes the the brain is plastic right we we are able to change our brain to rewire our brains um but there's also a ton of science that shows how powerful the brain is and so i think a lot of times um you know and i'm not naming anyone specific but um you know performance coaches sports psychologists talk about you know positive self-talk and Mm -hmm. affirmations and just like totally like 180, you know, if you've got a negative thought, feed it a good one. And Mm -hmm. what I want to say is that that really at times for me discredits um, how powerful your brain is. Um, And so basically what happens is, you know, the brain works on a neural feedback loop, right? So Mm -hmm. everything we think, okay, shapes how we perceive the world and how we interact with the world. And that in turn, all right, then changes, right, and kind of uh, molds what we think. And so it's this constant kind of like loop going on. And so for people who um, deal with, you know, what I call kind of this persistent inner critic, right, and we all have it, right, um, but, you know, for, for a lot of uh, athletes, a lot of elite athletes, it's it can be pretty prominent, right, if, uh, you know, and, and – you know, what I also want to say is that, gosh, there's so much that feeds into this, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I'm getting my master's in clinical social work. So I deal a lot with, you know, psychoanalysis and Mm -hmm. family trauma and all like, right, all of this stuff feeds into, um, you know, how we talk to ourselves. That's reality of it, right? It's not just about sport, right? It's much bigger. So what I want to say is that that, you know, our thought patterns and our loops of thinking uh, accrue over time. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so, Let's take, you know, let's go back to lacrosse, for example, okay? You know, how, how long have you been playing lacrosse? When did you start playing? Like probably 18 years ago I started. Yeah, exactly, okay? So 18 years ago, okay? So anything that you may have thought about yourself as a lacrosse player, okay, um, you've been thinking for 18 years, okay? So maybe you have this story. Let's just make something up, okay? Maybe you have this story that, like, I don't even know what position you play, but I'm just going to say maybe you think that you suck at defending, right? I'm a defender. <laughs> that works out. Maybe there's something that happens, like, in, I don't know, fifth grade where, like, some coach told you that you couldn't defend, right? I don't know. Right. Whatever mm-hmm. it is, okay? Yeah. Those these things don't go away, okay? And mm-hmm. so they they accrue and they build. And so think of it like roads, okay? Uh, these stories and these thoughts inside your head can they can grow to be like a six lane highway, right? And so that has a lot of power and a lot of strength. Yeah. And it is not just as simple as saying, "I'm a great defender." I'm all of a sudden just going to wake up and tell myself I'm a great defender yeah. and it's going to work. It doesn't work like that. And so, you know, what we know is that, you know, the brain is so powerful and mm-hmm. these types of 
thought patterns and loops in our brain take a lot of work to rewire. And it's possible, it absolutely is with a lot of this stuff that we're talking about, mindfulness, meditation work, right? Mm -hmm. Actively working through some of this stuff. But it is not as simple as just waking up and giving yourself some affirmations. Right. Now, many people will, you know, kind of look at me and be like, you're just a grumpy old person. And, and I, I don't think I am. I think I'm realistic and I'm, I'm taking yeah. the, the, the knowledge that I know from the science behind this. And so my point here is that, you know, yes, okay, would you, you know, let's go back to the Twinkie analogy, right? Like nobody, no elite athlete wants to feed themselves Twinkies before they go play, right? <laughs> no elite athlete wants to feed themselves negatives, negative information before they go play. Mm. But, but, you know, th- there's a lot to that, right? Nice. It's not as simple as just saying, okay, well, all of a sudden, I'm just going to feed myself good, okay? Mm-hmm. And so this is why, you know, and, and what I'll say is with a lot of the athletes and the teams that I work with, um, this really, uh, what it does is it kind of validates the fact that, like, yeah, this is really hard. Yeah. This is really, really freaking hard. And I think that's something that a lot of the times is really lacking in our elite athlete community, right? Yeah. Um, for, for someone to just simply understand that, you know what, like, this is something we've got to work through. It's just like something that, you know, tactically or technically in your game that you've got to hone in on, right? Mm -hmm. You've got to hit wall ball. You've got to do extra strength training. You've got to do more mobility work, right? Right. These are skills that we have to, we have to attack and we've got to attack aggressively. And so, you know, I, 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 I agree with that, the Twinkie analogy and feeding ourselves good, but it takes, it it takes more than just these simple kind of like, I'm going to feed myself, uh, you know, a good affirmation or right. a positive thought, right? Definitely. Um, and so that's, I, I know it's different than a lot of people, but I, I that's where I come from. And yeah. that's kind of what frames a lot of the work that I do with my athletes when it comes to uh, self-talk. Yeah, I think that's really awesome. And I think it's also hard for athletes, um, like you were saying, just to, it'd be like training or tactical work. Um, It's hard to measure. And we talked about this earlier, that it's hard to measure how well you're doing it, or some days it's great, some days it's bad. So I think for a lot of athletes, kind of like you were saying, it's easy to go out and hit the wall. And this time I'll catch 20, where last time I caught 10. Um, But for this, it's not that clean cut and with elite athletes things on the field probably come pretty easy to them you go out and you work on things and then it gets better um and for this it's not like that it's not like you're saying it's not that black and white where i'm gonna feed myself positive thoughts and it's never gonna hurt to be like oh i can do this that's not what you're saying but like it's not gonna be that easy where if i don't practice and i show up the day of and i'm like oh i can do this it's gonna happen yeah so it it goes hand in hand that's awesome you're spot on yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I do, um, in, in my own personal journey, I mean, I'm not an athlete anymore. Um, but in my own personal journey, I do a lot of self-compassion work and that's a word that like really scares a lot of people, you know, especially in the, uh, the elite athlete community. I mean, people hear self-compassion and they're like, what, what is that? You know, that is a big piece of a lot of this stuff, right? And I would say, you know, probably over the course of a year and a half, I mean, I do I do a self-compassion practice every single day. Yeah. I've missed it for 400 days. Wow. And I would say I'm, a, I'm just about a year and a half in, and I just now see the benefits and the, the shift in my, my life. Wow. And so it takes a lot of time. That's um, patient, it yeah. It takes a lot of work. Um, but it's worth it. Um, and I think the, the athletes that I work with and, you know, uh, uh, Jules Henningberg is a guy that, I don't know if you know that name, but, um, 
they did an article on him uh, for he plays in the PLL for the the uh, Redwoods and mm-hmm. uh, you know showed up to the the island this summer and ha- had had COVID and you know all of a sudden finds out he can't play because he's at risk for some cardio stuff and um, uh, you know he's a he and I met early in the spring of last year and did some work together and he's a big I mean mindfulness is I actually have another podcast recording with him in about an hour about this but yeah you know, he's a big mindfulness guy he does a lot of mindfulness meditation breath work we've talked uh some about uh about this stuff and you know he talks about it in that article about mm-hmm. how if he did not do the things that he does with his brain that incident of not being able to play would have shattered him and you know it would have right i mean gosh any any athlete like that's what you live for right and now you got to tell this guy that he's got to wait a year and a half to play again um and you know it it to be fair like was it hard yeah but it didn't really rattle him because Mm -hmm. he's he's steady he he his brain is you know it's just like um Let's take squats, for example, right? Like, yeah. every, every athlete knows a traditional squat, oh, right? Gosh. right? Like, yeah. Once we get to a place where, you know, we've built, you know, weight up, strength up, like, we feel a sense of and, like, a solid foundation in our bodies, right? Our yeah. legs, our core, um, we're able to squat more weight. Uh, we can do more in terms of reps. We can probably, we, we probably, that probably translates to explosive power, right, on the mm-hmm. field. It's the same thing with your brain. Your brain is malleable. It can, ch- I mean, the structure of your brain can change and change for the better. And so I truly believe that, like, Jules is a great example of that. Like, yeah, the, the, the foundational skills that he needed to be able to navigate a really tough thing were there because he was giving his brain what he needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I mean, I see it in my life every day, and I see it in a lot of the athletes that I, I've continuously worked with over mm-hmm. the last two years. Wow. That's actually how I got into practicing mindfulness is I tore my, my listeners are probably so sick of me saying the word ACL, but I tore my ACL and yeah, yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, for me, it was like a little bit earth shattering. It was my senior year. Like I was pretty much done. And then I was like, well, what do I do? So I, at the time, and I'm still, again, I'm not great at practicing mindfulness, but I'm much better than I was a year ago. And at the time I didn't, I didn't even know where to start, but that's how I got into it. And that's helped me so much. And it's translated from off the field into my everyday routine. It just goes back to what you were saying that it, it really goes hand in hand. And I think that's an awesome example. And I can relate to that on a completely different level. Um, it was just, it's been awesome to see it in my life and to see obviously people like you implementing it into full teams and just showing the importance of it. I think is so cool. There was something on your website. I think it might've been, um, I'm not sure if it was like your mission statement or if it's just a quote, but it said like health means mental, social, environmental, spiritual, behavioral, and emotional components. And it's for every asset of your life. And I absolutely loved that because especially in athletics but people just in general I think they think of health as like a fit body and being able to run the fastest 100 or doing the most squats like you were saying um yeah but it just it takes all of it and I think that that quote just could you just like elaborate on that and just kind of break that down a little bit totally yeah so you know this really stems from I think my experience um and I'm pretty open and honest about it um you know I think this is this is a case uh, that I think happens every single day. You know, um, 
I, uh, you know, played soccer at the University of Virginia, which is, you know, arguably one of the best women's soccer programs yeah. uh, in the nation. You know, our head coach has won two World Cups, um, you know, and, and, you know, I graduated and I went on to coach at the division one level. And, you know, nobody would think to, you know, nobody would double take at me in my life yet on the inside, you know completely crippling anxiety, panic attacks, um, you know, struggle a lot with um, binge eating as a way to cope, um, just a lot of, you know, unhealthiness. Mm -hmm. And, you know, where this stems from is the fact that, like, health is multifaceted. Health has to do with every aspect of being a human. So, Yes, it is the physical, right? Our mm-hmm. physical body. Um, yes, it is what we put in our mouths. Uh, nutrition, right? Those are the first two that like everybody's concerned about. Like, how much kale are you eating, right? <laughs> um, but it's so much more. Yeah. Um, it is your environment, the, the the spaces, the physical spaces that you are spending time in, mm-hmm. your locker room, your apartment, uh, mm-hmm. the people that you are kind of uh interacting with in your Mm -hmm. lives your relationships your family your friends your loved ones right Mm -hmm. the people that you don't spend a lot of time with right all of these things come together um you know and and i think it's there's so many pieces of the puzzle that just get kind of left off um the reality is when one of those shifts they all shift in some capacity, whether you realize it or not. Um, and so, you know, health is really something that is, um, it is a process and it's a continuous process. And we continuously have to be, you know, if we want to be, you know, look, nobody's perfect, right? right. Um, there are always, you know, there are always things in life, okay? But the idea is to be as balanced as you can and on top of all of these different facets, right? Mm-hmm. So making sure that you're checking in, right? And, and I really believe that, like, and I think, to be fair, a lot of the work that I do is just, like, managing basic health, right? Like, mm-hmm. hey, are you sleeping? Yeah. Like, how much are you sleeping, right? Like, when are you going to bed? What's mm-hmm. your sleep hygiene look like? Um, you know, if you're not thinking, and, and this is why I believe mindfulness is such a big help, because if we're not in tune right? Chances are we're not going to be able to make changes and we're not Mm going to be able to really see clearly all of these different facets that make up us as humans and Mm -hmm. and contribute to our health. Um, You know, I'm also, I'm a social worker, right? And Mm -hmm. so in social work, it's very much, um, you know, dealing with people in their environment and Mm -hmm. how people interact with each other. It's very multidimensional. So that's how I approach health. I mean, Again, I think we're like moving in the right direction and we're building steam of like starting to build out uh, different parts of the athletics department and kind of the what we call support team for mm-hmm. athletes. But I, I think as as a whole, as a view, how we view health still has a really long ways to go. In Definitely. My opinion. Definitely. I'm a currently, a soci- well, I just graduated, but a sociology major. Um, so I, I understand what you're saying, how it does impact us socially environmentally all of that comes together to make our health i i love that when i think about it um in my worst games or on my worst days like the ways i'm feeling i'm panicked or i'm stressed or i'm overthinking or i'm just completely in my head and then i in my best days i'm relaxed and i'm present and i'm just having fun and i'm just free like just feeling great and i think that 
that's how I feel when I do yoga. I absolutely love yoga. I think yeah. it is so enjoyable. It's so my sister hates it. She, I don't know. She just never got into it. Absolutely cannot do it. But I love it, and I think that when I compare yoga and my best days, and then my worst days, like the the yoga and my best days line up. So I think that practicing that, there's no way like it's not going to be helpful for you. Yeah, yoga, I think, again, is one of those where, like, people just have this, like, very big misconception about what it is, yeah. you know, and antique there, like, modern society, like, doesn't really help, right? Like, yeah. a lot of yoga studios are, like, 110 degrees, and yeah. they play rap. Yeah. And, like, I love to do yoga to Drake, like, great, um, uh-huh. love it, but, yeah. you know, when we really think about it at a, at a basic level, yoga... The, the actual word uh, means union, uh, the union of the mind and the body. And so, you know, I posted something on my social media today about, you know, yoga is a practice to to be, um, you know, and, and if there's a day where you want to ramp things up and you want to do more of a strength-based or vinyasa flow, do it. Yeah. But the majority of the work that I do is really calm and relaxed and allowing the body to reset and mm-hmm. regroup. And it's really just this practice of as we move the body, we're navigating and tuning into how the body and the brain are doing yeah. and how it feels and what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I think that is, I mean, it is a profound practice to get into um you know no not everybody's gonna like it um not everybody jams with yoga and I get that um but there are aspects of yoga that I think every athlete can take and should be doing 100 percent. yeah I completely agree and I agree that some days you know yeah you want to go into flow you want to be a little maybe get a workout out of it but some days it's not about the workout and it's not, it's always about the mindfulness piece of it, but some days you could do both, and some days you just need to be still, and you just need to be, like you were saying. Um, so let's talk about your Mindful Athlete membership. What is that? How can people get involved? So it's an online platform, and it's an app that – I love that you said it was yeah, by athletes so, for athletes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's uh, yeah online and phone app platform. Uh, when COVID hit and all sports were canceled, I was like, well, what am I going to do? How do I get this stuff and this content to athletes? Um, and so spent about five months trying to build this. And um, yeah, so it is an app um, that is really accessible, very easy to use, very user-friendly, um, has all mindfulness kind of active practices so like a lot of things that you can work through journal through think about take to the field um there's some mindful preparation to play Mm -hmm. um there's a lot of pdfs that you can download um Mm -hmm. that you can kind of like work yourself through um there's a lot of sleep hygiene stuff i'm a huge i mean that could be a whole other podcast but (laughs) sleep hygiene person um, there are breathwork practices, um, so athletes that, um, and I'm a really big, like, I honestly think at, like, the, the end of the day, I'm a teacher more than anything else, um, I, I, my app is very geared towards, like, I've never done this before, where do I start, right, um, you know, so that athletes that haven't ever done this know what they're doing and mm-hmm. why they're doing it, um, you know, I think when athletes, athletes are curious creatures, right, like, yeah. They want to know why they're doing something. And so tell them, like, why are you doing this, right? Um, so there's breath work. There's meditations, tons um, to train concentration, to handle emotions, go to sleep. 
Um, and then there's yoga, so much yoga. There's um, slow mobility flows, which is these kind of like what I consider more mindful practices that just feel good, allow the body to reset anything from 10 minutes to an hour. Um, there's strength flows, so there's vinyasa, and if you want to do that, you know, planks and uh, chaturangas and all that yeah. fun stuff. There's balance, stability. Um, and then there's a ton of stuff for sleep because, again, I'm a massive sleep person. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, you know, what I really think is I think there's a ton of really good stuff out there. You know, yes. like I started meditating with Headspace. I used the 10% Happier mm-hmm. app. Um, I know a ton of athletes that use Calm. There's a ton of stuff out there. Um, there's a ton of yoga stuff out there. But I was so tired of having to like figure out what my athletes were using and what was missing and how to get them stuff. I was like, I want one place, one place. Um, and so for an athlete, uh, you know, if you sign up and use this, um, I have a I have a student discount code. Um, and we can, I can like send that to you in the link. Um, so anyone that's a college or high school student, you automatically get 20% off. Um, and it's literally like, you're never going to need to go anywhere else for anything. Um, honestly, I mean, I think it's one of those where like, this is literally what, I mean, what we've coined it as a a one-stop shop. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you got everything you need as an athlete. Um, and we really do attack it. I mean, I was, I've been an athlete and a coach my entire life. So I really come at it from the athlete mindset. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I'm a little bit biased. I created it, but (laughs) I I think it's great. Uh, I have a lot of professional, I mean, professional lacrosse players in it, Kylie mm-hmm. O'Miller, mm-hmm. um, Cookie, uh, Marie McCool, yeah. um, a couple of PLO guys, um, and then, you know, various college athletes as well, and yeah. I mean, the feedback has been awesome, um, so yeah, definitely, if you're an athlete and you, you use these practices or you want to check it out, um, go for it. Okay, so you heard it here first, the Mindful Athlete Membership, but this is not an ad, I don't think, I'm not allowed to advertise for people, but no. I think that's a great app. I don't know if I'm probably against some NCAA violation, but I absolutely think that's a great it's thing. Not an ad, yeah. You're, you're <laughs> not right. an ad, not an ad, but if you're listening to this, go get it. Um, okay, so the last thing I want to talk about is the best piece of advice. I like to finish my podcast with that. So do you have a piece of advice that you've kind of lived by or that was the best piece of advice you've gotten? Oh, gosh. It's a you really know, tough question. Um, comes from my dad, probably. Um, he's a sports psychologist. Has I mean, you can type his name into Google and it'll come right up of mm. his accolades and what he's done. But I really think, you know, I, I owe so much of my journey and um, especially being an entrepreneur and the work that I do to him. Um, I think his main message for me has always been, um, you know, don't ever stop growing. And I, and I think what, what he has meant by that is like, and again, this is what I what I live my life by, and I, I think what these practices are really about, right? Mm-hmm. Constant insight and awareness into who you are never gets old. Um, it doesn't. The more that you learn about yourself and develop yourself and continue to grow as a human towards becoming the best that you can be, no one will ever do that and and not appreciate it, right? No I one will ever that. do that and and you know, start to live a better life, be a happier person and be like, why did I do that? Right. No one one would do that. Right. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, go uh, enjoy the journey, right. Continue to grow, continue to learn about yourself, continue to do things that push you and challenge you. Um, that's, that's the biggest gift you can give yourself. Uh, And I think that's the best advice. Um, and really what drives a lot of my life and, and my work. 
I I need to end it right there. That was so good. I love that. I have a, a letter board behind me right next to my bed. I'm going to like yeah. put that <laughs> Never stop growing. I absolutely love that. That is so great. And I, I think so many people could just learn from that. It's easy. It's true. And yeah, no one's going to be upset when they reach a goal and get right. better. That is right. so awesome. Oh my gosh, well, Emily, it's been so awesome to get to talk to you and I love everything you stand for and I think that what you're doing in the athlete community is awesome and for my non-athletes out there, um, Jess has great, the app, again, not an advertisement, but go for it. Um, <laughs> again, it was so awesome to talk to you and I'm so thankful that you hopped on Zoom with me. Oh, absolutely, thank you so much for having me. I, I love what you're doing and I'm happy to, um, I mean, help, help a, a fellow female athlete out any day, anytime.